Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast with Pastor Robert Thibodeau. Using an interview format, Pastor Bob will introduce you to men and women whose ministries are impacting this world with the gospel and will also provide commentary and insight on end-time prophetic events we now see happening in the news. Now here is Pastor Robert Thibodeau. Hello everyone, everywhere. This is Pastor Robert Thibodeau. Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast today. Today is part three of my three-part interview with Dr. David Reagan, founder of Lamb and Lion Ministries and the host of the popular television program, Christ and Prophecy. Now, if you missed any of the preceding two episodes, you need to go back and catch up because I do not have time to recover all that lost ground. Dr. Reagan was sharing things from his book, God's Prophetic Voices to America. We've been discussing that book in detail and the current situation spiritually of the United States of America. This is an awesome book. You need to get a copy of it, but you need also to go back and listen to those prior episodes if you missed them. Now, today we'll be talking about where we're moving forward. We're talking about the nation of Israel and the relationship with the United States. We're talking about what the end is going to look like for the United States, the spiritual condition we're in today, and what hope we have, which is always in Jesus Christ. Amen. So let's go ahead and jump right back into the interview with Dr. David Reagan. Yep, absolutely. Why do you think it's so hard for preachers to say things like that today? Well, I think the focus of the church today is on one thing, and that's church growth. And we've got, you know, we can't we can't proclaim the gospel because that that offends people. So let's just preach little uh, psychological, uh, make them feel good ditties. You know, uh, you can here's how you can pull yourself up by your bootstraps and just think positive and have a good positive attitude and and so forth and so on. And and we'll build up a big church. We'll yeah. we'll have church growth. Uh, but we we don't want to offend anybody. We want to be seeker sensitive. We don't want to have a cross that might offend somebody. We want right. to don't want to mm-hmm. proclaim. We don't want to talk about sin. We don't want to talk about the blood of Jesus because those kind of things just get people offended. Oh, well, yeah. the Bible itself says the gospel is an offense. Mm-hmm. Sure, it's an offense yeah. Yeah. because the gospel proclaims that we're sinners and we need the the. Uh, the only hope that we have is to put our faith in Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Beyond that, we have no hope whatsoever. Yeah, Amen. And yeah, it just it offends me when I go to, into a church oh. and all it is is you know like positive affirmations. <laughs> They're not really sharing well, the word either. They're just saying you know yeah. you can do it. You can say I can do it. I can do it. And then they use you know, scripture I, like I can do all things, but they leave out the last part. I think also the church desires the approval of the world. And so as a result of that, uh, we have even quote-unquote evangelical pastors, I won't name them, Mm -hmm. but we have quote-unquote evangelical pastors today who are saying, well, you know, homosexuality, that's just a matter of opinion. And same-sex marriage, well, yeah, we're willing to perform those ceremonies. Mm -hmm. Whatever it will do to get the world's approval. Well, when the church starts receiving the approval of the world, there's something wrong somewhere because the church is supposed to be calling the world to repentance. Amen. Amen. But God has not left us without messengers today. And in your book, there's a section for current voices in America. Can you share some of those voices and how they've And these are some of the best-known names in America. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, one of the things when I compile this and I look back on it, one of the things that's jumped out at me is that none of these people are people who are primarily uh, have ministries of, of Bible prophecy. Uh, so often, the Bible, uh, I know a lot of guys in the Bible prophecy ministry because I have a Bible prophecy right. ministry. Mm-hmm. And so often, their focus is on 
the technical points about whether the rapture be pre-trib, mm-hmm. mid-trib, post-trib, uh, pre-mill, mill and so forth like that. But they are, they don't seem to be speaking out to the society about the need for repentance to avoid the judgment of God. And so most of these guys are pastors, and uh, I, it's a remarkable group. The first one that I mentioned in the book was raised up by God in 1976, almost the same time as Dave Wilkerson and Schaefer, except he's still alive today. Mm-hmm. And that was Donald Wildman, and many people yeah. know of him. I yeah. mean, uh, he was a pastor of a little church in, in, in Tupelo, Mississippi. Yeah. Little, now, is, know, little is the important word there. It's not like a mega church. He was a pastor no, of a little no. church. little country church. Yeah. And I wondered often, I wonder how many times God called some pastor of a mega church to step out and speak out against the horrible things going on on television mm-hmm. and radio in America today and call this nation to repentance and to stop Hollywood from making the kind of movies they're making. And they would say, well, you know, Lord, I'm just a pastor of a big church. Who knows? But this man stepped out. In 1976, he had it. In one night, he sat down to watch TV with his family, and every station that they listened to, that they turned to, was was inappropriate. The language is inappropriate, or there were people in bed together, or whatever. And he just got fed up with it. So he sat down, and he wrote a letter to the uh, uh, media in uh, uh, Memphis, Tennessee. And he said, fellas, I'm going to call for America to boycott television for a month. Just boycott it for a month. And he said they must have had a very dry day that day with news because he said the Associated Press, for some reason, picked that up. <laughs> and the next thing I knew, it was all over the nation. Of course, that was God engineering that. Mm-hmm, yeah. And out of that came the Great American uh, Family Association, which is one of the foremost organizations in America today, speaking out in behalf of decency and calling this nation uh, to, uh, uh, to repentance. And I know Donald Wildman personally. And I'll never forget what he told me one time. He said, David, I have been in this ever since 1976, and it's been a tough fight. And he said, the worst letters I get are from pastors. He said, I get derogatory letters all the time from pastors saying, Don, you are wasting your time. You are spinning your wheels. You started in 1976, and movies and television are a hundred times worse today than they were then. You are not winning. He said, I get those from pastors all the time. And he said, you know what I do? I write them back and I say, God did not call me to win. God called me to stand and speak out in behalf of righteousness because we're not going to win until Jesus Christ returns. That's right. Amen. Amen. But it's sad to think the pastors are the ones who are attacking him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And then uh, uh, some of the others that I mentioned of current voices are people like Erwin Lutzer until recently was... uh, pastor of the great Moody Bible Church in, in uh, uh, Chicago, and he uh, uh, has been emphasizing over and over the evil nature of man. You know, humanists teach that men are basically good and uh, that they're corrupted by society. The Bible says man is basically evil. Yeah. He is born with an evil nature, and he emphasizes that in his writings and tries to emphasize the fact that humanism is totally wrong. A great writer, he's a pastor emeritus now, but continuing to write on this theme. Uh, David Jeremiah is one of the best-known pastors in America, a man who is great on uh, teaching about Bible prophecy. And he is a person who has been speaking out against the rebellion of our nation. He has great books out there uh, concerning the rebellion of our nation. Uh, One of the best of his books is one uh, entitled something like, I Never Thought I'd 
I never thought I'd see the day. I never, you know, the day when we have all the kinds of rebellion that's going on in this nation. I talk about Bill Koenig, whom I mentioned a few moments ago, who is a White House correspondent and who is the major voice speaking out in behalf of Israel and our treatment of Israel. Then there's Jan Markell. She's the only woman I have in the group. Jan has a great radio program nationwide. She is a Messianic Jew. She has a ministry called Olive Tree, and boy, does she speak out against apostasy yes, in the does. church. I mean, yep. all the time. And and she has a saying that's one of my favorites. Her saying is, people always call me and say, the world is falling to pieces. And I say to them, no, all the pieces are falling into place. Amen. Because the Bible says that in the end times, society is going to become as evil as it was in the days of Noah. And she says that's exactly what's happening. So yes, all the is. pieces are falling into place. Yep. I, I, I mentioned Albert Moeller. Albert Moeller is one of the great intellects of Christianity, and, and he is a voice confronting intellectuals. We need somebody like that. His stuff is very difficult to read, extremely difficult, because he is an intellectual, and he's writing to intellectuals, not to mm-hmm. the common person, but right. to intellectuals. But we need that. And he's the one that the press goes to when they want comments about something going on in Christianity. And, and the man, is a, he's the president of the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary in, uh, in uh, Louisville, Kentucky, and he is a tremendous asset to the Christian community today. And then there's Franklin Graham, my hero. Franklin <laughs> Graham is, I tell you, he is out there on the front lines uh, calling this nation to repentance. He is a strong voice. He does not tiptoe through the tulips. He calls it the way it is. He calls sin, sin, and he calls for us to repent. And the press just hate him with a passion. In fact, if you want to know how much he's hated, just type his name into Google and look at all the articles attacking him and calling him names. And usually what they say is, oh, if he would only be like his father, if he would only be. Well, his father was a great evangelist. A tremendous evangelist. Franklin Graham is not an evangelist. Franklin Graham is a prophet. He's a prophetic voice, and he is speaking out like nobody else. And in fact, I believe that one of the reasons that Trump won uh, in the last presidential election is because Franklin Graham went to every state in the United States, everyone, and held a prayer rally, not for the election of Trump, but prayer, a prayer rally for this nation, that this nation would repent and that, would God have, that God would have mercy upon this nation. And I believe those prayer rallies, uh, I, I believe with all my heart, that's one of the main reasons that Trump won the election. And I thought it was also interesting that every one of those rallies, he began with the same statement. I am not a Republican. I am not a Democrat. Our hope is not Republicans. Our hope is not Democrats. The only hope for this nation is Jesus Christ. Yeah, amen. You know, uh, when I, people ask me if I'm a Democrat or Republican, I say, I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a Republican. I'm a monarchist. They say, what does that mean? <laughs> I said, it means that I have devoted my life to doing everything I possibly can to prepare the way for the coming of the King of kings and Lord of lords, Amen. who's going to reign in glory and majesty as an absolute ruler from Jerusalem for a thousand years. Yeah, and then the last two I mentioned are Robert Jeffress, pastor of First Baptist Church in, yeah. uh, in Dallas, who is a tremendous prophetic voice, and Jonathan Kahn, who's very controversial. But I, I don't agree with everything Jonathan says, but I agree with one thing. His fundamental message is that America is under the judgment of God right now, and that if we don't repent very quickly, God's going to lower the hammer on us. Amen. Amen. And you know, I, I... and then I conclude the book 
with a chapter entitled, Is America Doomed? Yep. So. Amen. And that's where I speak out. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Well, let's, let's, I just want to touch base on a couple of the, the voices that you talk about. Robert Jeffers, yeah. the pastor of the First Baptist Church in Dallas. You know, right. I remember listening to Dr. Criswell, his predecessor, on the radio oh, yeah. when I lived in Texas. But Pastor Jeffers has taken on the role, basically, of a national spokesman for Jesus today. Yes, uh, that's, he, uh, he has. He's, a, he's the guy they go to to get the Protestant viewpoint. That's right. Yeah, amen, amen. <laughs> and, uh, and he has, and he's very talented at that. He understands that television deals with sound bites. Yeah. And uh, so you, you cannot go into detail about anything. You've got to have, put things in short, spiffy sentences yep. that really hit home. And he knows how to do that. Yeah, he does. And some of the quotes just upset the... <laughs> Oh, it gets the way of frothing at the mouth, <laughs> which hey, means man. he's doing something right. That's right. That's right. You know, in the Army, I was a drill sergeant, and uh, I was called in one day, and they said, you know, your your troops hate you. I goes, I must be doing something right then. Because <laughs> if they love their drill sergeant, something is wrong here. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, uh, you're trying to prepare them for war, brother. <laughs> I know Israel holds a special significance to you and to Bible prophecy, but I'd like you to address America's relationship with the nation of Israel. Because the Bible's clear that in the final days, every nation will turn against Israel. And that term, every nation, also includes the United States. Now, how's that been taking shape, and how does it look moving forward? Well, of course, we've had some very good, uh, we've had the best relations ever with Israel under President Trump, and I praise God that he finally did what president after president after president for him promised to do, and that was to recognize the city of Jerusalem as the capital of Israel, and he finally, he kept his promise and he did it. So we've had great relations, but Trump's not going to stay in office forever. Even if he's reelected, he can only serve two terms. And we can see the handwriting on the wall of the future. The Democrat Party has turned against Israel. Every major Democrat spokesman that I know of in the Democratic Party is speaking out against Israel today and saying we've got to side with the Palestinians and, and so forth and so on. Even Bernie Sanders, who's a Jew, is very anti-Israel. Yeah. And so we can, uh, you know, it's it, it, it just, it's really sad. This is going to be the future. We are going... Obama turned against Israel. He was the worst president we've ever had with regard to relationships with Israel. But that that was no surprise. He sat for 25 years under the teaching of an anti-Semite in uh, Chicago who every sermon was running down Jews and running down Israel. And so it's only right that uh, only to be expected that when he became president, he did everything he could to undercut Israel. And uh, it's going to happen again in the future. Mm -hmm. The whole world turned against Israel more than ever before when Trump recognized Jerusalem as the capital. The whole world came against Israel. And we are too. We will in the future. We will turn against Israel because the Bible says so. In Zechariah chapter 12, it says a whole world is going to come against Israel over the issue of Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing that before our very eyes. Amen. Amen. Uh, in the last section of your book, you talked about the 2016 election of Donald Trump. You also contrast it with the election of Jimmy Carter. And you state that if Hillary Clinton would have been elected, you know, the path to our destruction would have been accelerated. But because God oh, yeah. worked it out to give us Donald Trump, that path has not been averted, just delayed. And I found your example and explanation to be basically profound and spot on, in my opinion. Can you explain to our listeners what you were talking about in those two examples? With Carter? Yes. Okay. 
Yeah, well, when George, Jimmy Carter ran in 1976, uh, he was uh, condemned because he gave an interview with Playboy magazine, and no president had ever done that. And Playboy, you know, was just evangelical, considered to be the very essence of evil, and because uh, it was uh, promoting a lifestyle that was the absolute opposite of uh, of the um, Christian lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And so that was 1976. Right. But in night, uh, you know, forty years later, we end up with a presidential candidate who was featured on the front of Playboy magazine as the epitome of the Playboy lifestyle, yep. and that, of course, was Trump. Yeah. And uh, so it, I, I, it was just hard to imagine we had come that far in such a short period of time. But what kind of choice was that between tr- Trump and Hillary, mm-hmm. uh, a person who had the Playboy lifestyle as opposed to a person who uh, had the record of the Clintons? Yeah. So it, it was. It, it's a matter of not, uh, I guess, the uh, uh, which is the worst evil. And uh, it turned out that Trump, you know, uh, when it comes to President Trump, uh, Trump is, is a person whose policies I completely support. I, I can't, uh, one just, one policy after another has been, uh, the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, he is a bombastic person yeah. who puts out these tweets that uh, attack individuals unmercifully. Mm-hmm. And the result of all that is that he has divided this nation as it's never been divided before. Correct. And that's the bad part of his presidency. And uh, I, 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 I seized on this before he was even, uh, before he was even sworn in. Before he was sworn in, he sent out a tweet attacking Schumer and saying he was a clown and that he was the chief clown of all the clowns. Mm. And I thought, Trump, don't you understand that this is man's going to be uh, the leader of the Senate and that you have to have his background, his backing to get anything passed? Yeah. You don't attack people like that if you want to get their backing. Yeah. And he attacked John McCain the same way, in a vicious way. Mm-hmm. And, of course, John McCain uh, paid him back uh, personally. By uh, being the key vote that that pass, uh, passed the Obama uh, health care program, but he keeps he doesn't know how to deal with issues. Yeah. You deal with issues and not personalities. But he attacks personalities, and as a result, he creates more hate than any president I've ever seen. Yeah, amen, amen. And from your studies in this area, I guess the biggest question is, where do you see our nation heading, and have we reached the point of no return? I think we're headed toward doom. I think we've passed the point of no return. In 1974, um, in 1974, David Wilkerson said, we have passed the point of no return. And I underlined that in red and put a question mark after it. I just couldn't believe it. Today, I don't even doubt that we have. Uh, On page 252 in my book, I point out something. I said, we have to face the facts, and the facts are this. That you know, we're murdering uh, babies uh, three to four thousand a day. We're flooding the world with pornography. We're polluting the moral atmosphere of our planet with violent, immoral, blasphemous movies and TV programs. We're promoting and celebrating sexual perversion all over the world. In fact, Obama went all over the place demanding sexual perversion in the nation, saying we will not even give you support unless you approve of homosexuality. And then on page 256, I bring it to a close, and I say, we've got to understand something. The problem of evil has become ingrained in the fabric of the nation, and the future is summed up in three facts. President Obama left office with a 60% approval rating, the most unbiblical president, most ungodly in our nation, a 60% approval rating. 
His designated heir, Hillary Clinton, received three million more votes than he did. And the millennials backed the socialist and voted overwhelmingly for Hillary. Yep. And, of course, now, this morning, I saw that 80% of mm-hmm. millennials are now saying they would accept socialism. Yeah, That's that the future of our nation. But there's, there's one more element that's even worse than that. And that element is the fact that Bible-believing Christians have become almost non-existent in America today. The latest polls show that only 9% of Americans in general are Bible-believing, have a Bible-believing viewpoint, uh, or what we would call a Western uh, Christian worldview. Only 9%. And something like only 17% of Christians, those who claim to be Christians, have a biblical worldview. Oh, my goodness. There are evangelicals yeah. who, who 30% will say, Jesus sinned. Mm. I mean, it's just yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. People do not know the Bible anymore. They don't respect the Bible. Just as they are showing disrespect to policemen and mm. anything, uh, showing disrespect to marriage, anything that is the fundamentals of our civilized society, they are rebelling against the day. And the Bible, they are rebelled against. They don't believe it anymore. And even Christians just... They don't even know what they believe anymore. Yeah. It's it's a sad. The handwriting's on the wall. It is, it is. You know, in the section on Pastor Jeffers, he told a story about the implosion oh. of his old church buildings. Oh yeah, it's very applicable to what we're see happening. Oh, it's so, right it, a wonderful story. He told about how I kid him all the time about having blown up half of downtown Dallas. <laughs> it's true. Uh, he came and decided they were going to build all these new buildings, and they blew up. I think it was two full city blocks yeah. of downtown Dallas. Yeah. And they uh, they set all the explosives, and he was up on a high building with the mayor and with all CNN and ABC and NBC. And he said, you know, I, th- I think, what if I push that button and nothing happens? <laughs> but he, he said, he said I, I, I had a moment when that happened. He said, I pushed the button and nothing happened. Yep. And then I remembered. They told me, they said, when you push the button, all you will hear is just a series of small explosions, just pow, 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 pow. And then they said it will be about 10 seconds before anything happens. And then suddenly all the buildings would just start coming down to the ground. And he said that's exactly what happened. And he said that is where our nation is. He said the Supreme Court of the United States has made a series of decisions that have undermined the fundamentals of this nation, the fundamental beliefs, the Judeo-Christian heritage. And he names those decisions the Supreme Court has made. He said each one of those is one of those small explosions. And he said what's happening is the small explosions have occurred, and now we have reached that point where the whole edifice is about to collapse. Yep, the small explosions destroyed the frame and the foundation. And That's right. Natural That's right. processes just took over, which was the the crashing. God has closing. backed up yeah. and lowered that hedge of protection, yeah. and He has delivered us over to a depraved mind. Yeah. And I tell you, when you start seeing the things that these candidates for president are are uh, recommending to our nation today, mm-hmm. it's just yeah. you think, where where does this come from? It yeah. comes from the devil. I can tell exactly. you right now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And the only hope is really individual hope to share the gospel. Oh, there, I want to. I want to. I want to end our discussion by saying that. The, the, listen, brother, we have great hope. The great hope is not for this nation. The hope That's is right. for individuals. Amen. We have great hope because all a person has to do today is put their faith in Jesus as their Lord and Savior, be born again, and have the hope of the rapture of the church, the hope of a 
uh, a glorified body, the hope of living forever in a new Jerusalem on a new earth in the presence of our Creator and our Savior, Jesus Christ. What better hope Amen. could there be than that? And we still have that hope. In fact, Jeffress often says, the worse things get, the darker they get, the greater the hope of Jesus will shine. He says, like going to a jewelry store, and when they show you those jewels, they always put a black cloth out and put the jewels on top of the black cloth because that blackness causes those jewels to shine even more brightly. He said, in the darkness ahead of us, as society falls apart, he said, the glory of Jesus will shine even more brightly. Adrian Rogers, the great pastor from Memphis, Tennessee, used to put it this way. He said, the world is growing gloriously dark. Yeah. And what he meant by that is that the prophecies say that we're going to be as dark and evil as the days of Noah when Jesus returns. So it's growing gloriously dark in the sense that Jesus is at the very gates of heaven and about to return. Amen. I, I, I use the example when I'm sharing on this subject. Imagine you're in a, a theater, movie theater, and all of a sudden the power goes off. I mean, not even go. the exit lights are on. And it's completely yeah. black. Nobody knows where it's at. And a firefly has somehow entered the room, and it's just flying across. I can guarantee you every eye in that theater is following Absolutely. that firefly. Absolutely. That's and it's right. not bright, right. but it's the and only see, that's light exactly what's gonna. That's exactly what's going to happen to the Jewish people. Yep. One of the major purposes, the, the major purpose of the tribulation is to bring the Jewish people to the end of themselves. In Old Testament times, they ran to Egypt. Modern times, they run to the United States. But at the end of the tribulation, there will be no one to run to. And Amen. what will they do? At the yeah, exactly. at, at, in their deepest, darkest period, they will turn to Yeshua, to Messiah, and proclaim, Baruch HaBashem Adonai, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, and they will accept Yeshua as their Messiah. Amen. Dr. Reagan, if someone who has been listening to us today, and they their eyes have been opened to the state of what's happening right now, and they want to make Jesus their Lord, would you do the honor of leading them in a prayer? Yes. Father, in the name of Jesus, I confess to you that I am a sinner. Yes. And I confess to you that I have no hope apart from your Son, Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. I repent of my sins, and I reach out in faith and receive the gift of your grace that you have offered through Jesus Christ by putting my faith in him as my Lord and my Savior. I believe in him. I believe in his resurrection. I believe he is my only hope, and I accept him as my Lord and Savior. Amen. 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 Dr. Reagan, I want to thank you for your time today. Now, your book is available on your website, of course. Is it also available yes. in bookstores, Amazon, all that? Yes, and our website is lamblion.com, L-A-M-B-L-I-O-N, no and in the middle, just lamblion.com. Amen, amen. And okay. if someone wanted to get more information on Lamb and Lion Ministries and all the materials, your videos, your television program, or even ask questions, they get yes. touched through the website, correct? Yes, we have a, uh, I have an associate named Nathan Jones, who is our Internet evangelist, and he's on that website eight hours a day. Yeah, he's, he's been on our program a couple of times. I know he is. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, yeah. we only scratched the surface of the information Dr. Reagan's provided in his book of God's Prophetic Voices to America. You really, you truly need to get this book. It is an eye-opener if you haven't been following the current events as they relate to Bible prophecy. Go to the show notes down below. Order your copy of Dr. Reagan's book, God's Prophetic Voices to America. As a matter of fact, it's Christmas time. It's just around the corner at the time of this recording. So you should order two, three, or more copies and give them away as gifts. I mean, Yeah, one to their pastor. Yeah, exactly. Because this could be the gift that opens the eyes of someone you care about. 
and moves right. them from darkness into the glorious light of Jesus Christ. Dr. Reagan, I thank you again for sharing with us today. It was an thank absolute you, brother. honor to talk okay. to you. Amen. Thank you. That's all the time we have for today, folks. And for Dr. Ray, David Reagan, myself, this is Pastor Bob Tibble reminding you, be blessed in all that you do.